Now, January 6th will go down as one of the darkest days in recent American history. Welcome to Axios Today. It's Thursday, January 7th. I'm Nyla Boudou. A mob incited by President Trump overran the U.S. Capitol building Wednesday as lawmakers were planning to certify Joe Biden's election. Four people died during the riot. And it was frantic. Everyone screaming, lock the doors, lock the doors. No one knew what was going on. Today's one big thing is insurrection in our nation's capital. We'll take you through what happened and what we're thinking about the morning after with Axios's Elena Treen, Jonathan Swan, and White House editor Margaret Talliff. This was the most direct assault on American democracy. When did all of this start? It began when you saw the crowds. The crowds outside for President Trump, you heard these overt calls to physical violence. Let's have trial by combat. And President Trump's remarks. You'll never take back our country with weakness. You have to show strength and you have to be strong. And I watched the crowd react and I thought, wow. What we all expected was that those crowds outside and the president's remarks would put political pressure on the Republicans inside the chambers. We're going to walk down to the Capitol. What nobody was counting on was these protesters breaching the security bypass at the Capitol, waving Trump 2020 flags, Confederate flags in some cases, breaching the walls, going to the chambers, banging on the doors, breaking the glass, breaking the wood, trying to get in, officers barricading themselves. Axios's Elena Treen was inside the Capitol complex during all of this. I was in the Cannon Rotunda when a police officer came into the rotunda and just began shouting, everyone needs to leave, everyone move out, we're evacuating. And they started pretty aggressively ushering people out of the building. Elena evacuated to the Senate side. She ended up in the press gallery, where the certification votes were proceeding despite the chaos outside. And Pence was presiding over the session. All of a sudden, he was evacuated. Senator Chuck Grassley, he's fourth in line to the presidency, was also evacuated. I just was thrown into the room after they were evacuated and then when the doors were locked. No one knew what was going on. And then at some point, someone shouted, shots fired, move away from the doors. And everyone screamed and moved toward the center of the room. And we were brought down to the basement. Everyone, senators, members, staff, all together running through the tunnels of the subway to a place that they thought would be safer. We'll be back in 15 seconds with Jonathan Swan and what was happening on the other side of Pennsylvania Avenue. Welcome back to Axios Today. While Elena Treen was holed up in Congress, on the other side of Pennsylvania Avenue, the president was in the White House. Axios political reporter Jonathan Swan. President Trump was in his private dining room adjoining the Oval Office where he has a large flat screen television installed on the far end of the table. And you had footage of, as we were all watching, chaos and rioting and violence on the Capitol. And so he was watching that coverage. 
Republicans, including House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, were on national television saying they were pleading with Trump to say something. I begged him to go talk to the nation. A number of people, advisors at different points in the day, tried to get him to put out a more forceful denunciation of these supporters of his who were wreaking havoc inside the Capitol building. He didn't want to do that. And he was ranting, I'm told, about Vice President Pence. President-elect Joe Biden did take to the airwaves in the middle of the afternoon to denounce the mob. I call on President Trump to go on national television now to fulfill his oath and defend the Constitution and demand an end to this siege. Margaret, there was this crazy moment when we were watching President-elect Biden and a banner at the bottom of the screen says that John Ossoff won the race in the Georgia Senate runoff. This huge moment that Democrats take control of the Senate. And I wonder if you felt like that got missed in everything that happened yesterday. It really did almost get overshadowed. You know, we'd all gone to bed the night before with it looking like the Democrats were probably going to have that sort of double election upset that will allow Biden, at least technically, to control the White House, the House and the Senate. And they do finally call it in the middle of one of the darkest, most disruptive days in American history. D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser declared a 6 p.m. curfew and state of emergency. President Trump did eventually issue a video message on Twitter telling protesters to go home, but also told them he loved them and that they were special. Social media sites, including Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, have temporarily halted President Trump's account. Meanwhile, the National Guards of D.C., Maryland and Virginia were called in to help Capitol Police and were finally able to secure the building. Surrounded by armed guards, lawmakers were escorted back onto the House floor. Vice President Mike Pence and Majority Leader Mitch McConnell reconvened Congress back into session late in the evening with harsh words for what had transpired earlier. To those who wreaked havoc in our Capitol today, you did not win. Violence never wins. We will certify the winner of the 2020 presidential election. Several senators dropped their previous objections to the certification of the presidential election. And after debates and a count that went just past 3.30 this morning, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris's election was finally certified. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris will be the president and the vice president according to the ballots that have been given to us. What flipped the switch? Why was that the breaking point for so many Republicans who have gone along with President Trump's immigration policy, President Trump's statements about Charlottesville, President Trump's approach to Russia? Why did so many Republicans stand by him? And this became the breaking point. This was the most direct assault on American democracy. And it was a personal threat to them. And that sounds petty and little, but really, if you understand, like, American politics, there's two ends of Pennsylvania Avenue. There's the White House, and that's the president's house. There's the Congress, and that's their territory. And the president sent his people into their territory. And it was that crossing of that line, and it was just the overt, physical effort to subvert democracy that flipped a switch. And at that point, all bets were off. President Trump is only in office for 13 more days, but the calls for his removal are getting louder after what happened yesterday. 
Jonathan Swan and I are reporting our conversations from Republican sources saying these conversations are underway. There are many Republicans, including advisors who currently work for President Trump, who believe that either censure or impeachment or most likely the 25th Amendment needs to be seriously explored. There are real concerns about whether the country can take two more weeks of what happened yesterday. But it would be impossible for an entire impeachment process to go forward in two weeks. It's not clear whether the 25th Amendment would be viable. In order for it to work, Mike Pence would have to be on board. We have no indication that he is at this point. And there's the abiding question, which is, what do you want to accomplish with it? Will you get a boomerang effect where actually you make President Trump into more of a folk hero, more of a figure who transcends politics, who American discontents rally around? In a statement right after the certification, President Trump said there will be an orderly transition on January 20th. That's it for us today. For the latest breaking news, visit Axios.com. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Thanks for listening. Please stay safe. And we'll be back here with you tomorrow morning.